The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. I want to switch gears for uh, a little bit. There was a recent Edmonton Chamber of Commerce survey, um, and they did it of its membership, and it suggested that 95% of businesses have managed to weather have managed to weather the early part of the COVID-19 pandemic. But nearly half are worried that they will lose it all if things continue as they are. The the numbers and some of the reasoning behind it, very interesting to retail experts like our next guest. Kyle Murray is the Vice Dean and Professor of Marketing at the U of A at the School of Bil- Business. Kyle, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you. Hey, um, how have you been holding up through all of this, by the way? You doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I'm working at home, which is a little different. You might hear a dog bark in the background or something, but uh, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty good. Spending a lot of time on on Zoom. On Zoom, yeah, I bet. So we're hearing that some businesses are doing okay, some on the verge of of losing it all, and a couple more months could be devastating to a lot of businesses. I'm hearing that nonstop on my text line, Kyle. What have you been hearing and what have you been watching for over the past six, eight weeks? Yeah, well, I think what you said is exactly right. The surveys we've seen from places like Chamber of Commerce right up to the International Monetary Fund have all been fairly negative in terms of the impact that uh, this crisis is going to have. I mean, there's exceptions for sure. Uh, If you're a grocery store, a liquor store, cannabis store, um, they all seem to be doing quite well. Uh, But many others are are going to struggle. And, you know, I I hate to throw a number out there, but, you know, a large percentage are, are likely to fail. There, there have been some um, life rafts, I guess, if you could call it that, thrown to business in the form of different support from the government, but uh, a lot of folks saying that it's not enough. What is your analysis of what the government has provided, and, and what do you think might more need to be done? Uh, so, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's necessary. Um, there's, there's almost no way to, uh, the numbers would be dramatically higher if we didn't have that life raft. Of course, it's not going to save everyone. There's still companies that can't take advantage of the full support or it doesn't fit well, or they were just in tough shape before it started. Um, And as a result, it's just not going to be enough to pull them through. So, you know, it's definitely, definitely needed. It's going to help tremendously keep the economy afloat and in a state of being able to bounce back. Uh, But that doesn't mean everyone will survive. There there will definitely still be some failures. You know, Kyle, it's been interesting to watch um, how so many, uh, and I'm going to go into the hospitality sector here maybe a little bit more about how um, a lot of restaurants have managed to uh, adapt. When we talk about adaptability, and I think we've talked about this in the past, the importance of it, and when we when we see what some uh, local businesses are doing and managing to survive, if not thrive a little bit, are you sur- are you surprised by that at all? Are you are you like hey, well done. What do you say to that? Well, yeah, absolutely. Well done. Um, I, I think Alberta, and it, it really does have a number of very innovative entrepreneurs in hospitality as well as in other businesses. And so they're doing everything they can to make the best of the situation. I, I don't think there's many restaurants that are happy with the situation that prefer it no. this way. Um, but a number have pulled it off. I mean, one of my favorite uh, local haunts is Northern Chicken. I went and picked mm-hmm. up a bag of chicken the other day and um, they did a fantastic job of, of distancing, getting things ready, um, doing takeout, but I'm, I'm sure they'd rather have people in the restaurant. Did you get the extra spicy chicken? 
I've only had that once, so so I've gone back to regular. <laughs> I guess I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes to uh, the, the extra spicy. Uh, Kyle Murray joining us from the U of A this afternoon. No, uh, this afternoon we know that online shopping um, was popular before all of this. Um, I, I suspect it's even more so now. It certainly is in my house. Um, how do you think that what we're going through right now is going to impact consumer behavior in the long run? Well, yeah, that's such a tough question. I, um, I think it'll be fascinating to see how it turns out. And it depends on a lot of factors, like how long this goes on and other things. Uh, it, it's hard to imagine it slowing down online shopping. So, I mean, I think the reasonable bet is it'll speed it up. Um, we'll do more online shopping than we did in the past. But the question is how much more? And it was going to grow anyway, so it's it's fairly difficult to say. Um, there's been some uh, anecdotal stories, at least, of Amazon running into trouble as a result of this because they can't deliver like they used to, and they're frustrating some customers and creating some dissatisfaction. So it's possible companies like Amazon will lose some customers. Um, other companies, you know, uh, one of one of my favorite examples because uh, Karina Birch is a graduate of ours in the business school. The Rocky Mountain Soap Company had to yeah. close 13 stores, but they quickly moved online and ran their retail business there. And selling soap in this market is probably also a good product. Um, <laughs> so they're they're a smaller business that, that's done well. Uh, so there's a mix. Um, I don't think again, kind of like the restaurants, nobody really wanted to close physical stores and be forced online. Um, but the retail sector is innovative, hardworking, and uh, resilient, and, and so they're doing the best they can. You talked about you talk about Rocky Mountain uh, Soap, and uh, we know that big retailers um, are all over online shopping for the most part. They have it all set up that they could do it. Smaller local businesses might not be. Some of them are. Some of them do a great, great job uh, at it. Others are not. Um, I've got to think it, it's really important to have an online presence uh, right now of some sort to to try to keep a little bit of money coming in. Yeah, so important, and and especially those companies that had you know a fairly significant proportion of their sales online already. So you know, one of our great Canadian retailers is Lululemon. Of course, they don't want to close their stores, but they um, do have a very strong e-commerce platform and continue to sell. <clears throat> I think one of the categories where we see them struggling, uh, not not Lululemon, we see retailers struggling, uh, is in terms of department stores. They've always struggled online. And um, without the, the retail square footage and the traffic, I think we're likely in the next month or so to see a couple of the large American department stores go bankrupt. Well, you know what? It's always been amazing to me about how the large department stores, how poor their websites or how their their pages are set up to try to even navigate to find anything. I mean, they need to take a lesson from somebody and get it figured out because they could be doing so much more business. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. I, I've, I've been singing that song since probably 2000 or 99. Um, it, but what it comes down to is it's a big investment. They were struggling just to keep things afloat in a lot of cases mm. and just couldn't come up with the money to create the systems they needed. I mean, I, I don't think you talk to anyone in a department store um, who will tell you that e-commerce is unimportant. But making that transition isn't easy. And that's why we see a lot of small and other businesses that weren't strong in e-commerce prior to the crisis. It's not like you can just jump online and suddenly start selling online. You really needed the distribution and supply chain stuff all sorted out before this hit.
Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. I, do, you, do you think it's too late for some of those smaller, medium-sized businesses uh, who might not have had an online uh, presence to, to get in on it and maybe mitigate some of the damage? Maybe if they have, you know, a, a bit of money set aside to, to get it set up? Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly possible to set up an e-commerce site fairly quickly these days. I, I think the real key there is how good is your customer contact list? If you have a good database of customer information so that you can use that um, to reach out to customers and tell them about your store and promote your store to them, you might be able to make it happen. But obviously, it's going to be very difficult. If, if you didn't already have that in place to try and get it in place now, um, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Kyle Murray joining us this afternoon, the Vice Dean uh, of, of Marketing at the U of A School of Business, also a professor there. One of your colleagues um, in, a, in an article that you guys were quoted in, um, I think his name's Lloyd Steer, he's the academic director of the U of A's Alberta Business Family Institute. He said, broadly speaking, quote, family firms are more adept at writing out disasters of all shapes and sizes. Do you agree with him? Why And, and why or why not? Uh. Yeah, I, I think so in, in general. Um, one of the things that family firms tend to have is uh, they tend to be a little bit more cautious and they tend to be private. And so a cautious private business is more likely to have built up financial strength and depth than um, a public business that was really pushed to maximize earnings all the time. And to maximize earnings often means you borrow money, try to grow and continue to invest. And borrowing that money when something like this hits can put you in a difficult situation. I think part of what Lloyd was getting at is family firms that have been around for generations um, know the importance of of financial strength and stability. And Mm -hmm. many of them, although not all, but many of them um, have built that into their business model. What about having that... that, rabid customer base though I think with some of these family businesses I mean if it's they've been around for a long time and maybe your parents shop there or your parents shop there and so you're going to shop there as well so I think that that might help sure. as well and you develop that relationship and the customer service does that play a part absolutely um, there's there's a lot of momentum and inertia in business if, if we can continue to do what we've done in the past we will um, as shoppers and consumers. And so one of the things that's interesting about this current crisis is it's forcing people to change. So you may always have gone to a particular store to buy your clothes, and now they, you can't really. They don't have much of an e-commerce presence. Um, and you, when you look around, you may end up going somewhere else. Or you may end yeah. up deciding you can just wear the same sweatpants all week long anyway <laughs> here at home. So who knows how that'll work out. Um, what do you think that retail, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Kyle, what do you think retail is going to look like three months, six months, maybe a year from now? Yeah, wow. I mean, I wish I knew. So I'll, I'll take a wild guess and quote okay. as likely to be accurate as anybody else. <laughs> but I, I think what will, my expectation, and not knowing how long this will play out, but assuming that by the fall we start to at least move back to something closer to normal, then um, I think what we'll see is we'll see some firms fail over the next couple of months. We'll see some get a lot stronger. I, I think initially we'll see the Walmarts and Amazons of the world um, apples really expand their business and then I think we'll see some innovative new entrepreneurs come into this space as left by some of the firms that um, have failed so I think we're going to see a really rapid kind of evolution of retail um, at least the retail uh, brands that are out there um, over the next 12 to 24 months 
Resiliency, I, I love that word. Um, and, um, you know, those who come out on the other side, what would you urge them to do, the way to look at this challenge and, and grow for, and, and grow from it? What do you, when you sit down and you look back at what the hell did we just go through? We've managed to survive. How do we, how do we move forward on it? How do we capitalize on it? Well, I think that's where we go back to the basics. Um, you need to understand who your customers are. You need to know them very well. Um, get a sense of what their needs are, are like. How are they going to show up? How's the crisis changed their behavior? Make sure you have the products and services they want priced appropriately um, and deliver them in a convenient way. And those are the kinds of things that were true 50 years ago, probably 100 years ago, and are going to be tr- just as true in two or three months. Kyle, always great talking to you. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate it very much. My pleasure. Yeah, take care. Kyle Murray from uh, the the U of A School of Business. He is uh, Vice Dean, actually, and Professor of Marketing uh, over there. Have you been doing more online shopping? I see people are doing their, you know, their grocery shopping uh, online. I know that I have bought uh, a few things online just so I don't have to go out. Um, But I'm wondering if that's something that you have turned to over the last little while.